Blog Talk Radio. I don't do this alone. 
I've got some very, very able co-hosts that I'm sure that are just as excited as I am to talk football, to talk NFL, to talk Super Bowl 48, right down the road from me, actually. And I don't mean literally down the road. Like ESPN is literally down the road from me, but I mean two, about two and a half hours the Super Bowl is. So um, my first co-host won the first EAFL Super Bowl. He is a man full of philosophy, as he does have his Ph.D. And we love him and we hate him all at the same time. <laughs> we know him as Dr. Train. Welcome to the Madden Voice. What up, T, man? I appreciate it. Brother, just getting off work, trying to hear you so I can get away from the background noise of the birds and everything. Welcome to the Madden Voice, Dr. Train. Wow. Uh, I didn't know there was a stadium address tonight, man. Neither did I. Be grief. Neither, okay, neither did so I. I'm going to keep it short. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna see if we can get done in an hour because I would like to go see it. So uh, let's see how let's see how we do. Um, okay. uh, we are still waiting for Kickstarter to call in, but in the meantime, we've got uh, the, the newest member, the newest addition to the staff, calling in from Greater Atlanta, and uh, you know I've known him his whole life, <laughs> and we call him Brother Jay. He calls himself Jay, but on the show I call him JB. JB, welcome to the Madden Voice. What it do? Thank you, thank you. How's everybody doing? What's that little big brother Jay? <laughs> hey man, I'm trying to stay warm down here in the A and not get into any accidents, so I'm glad to be home safe and sound. So did y'all get any snow? Yes, we did. Uh, probably uh-huh. two to three inches in some parts. Shut down, shut, snow shut down air. What's that? What is the snow thing you guys talk about? It's snowing in Atlanta. Man, shut up, <laughs> what, was the, what was the temperature out there today, Trey? Man, we're uh, 60s? Well, 60s, I guess. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that's it. I'm moving. I'm moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Were well, you well, out in L.A., Trey? <laughs> yeah, just outside of L.A. Yep. Yeah. I got a buddy out there, so I know about where you're at. Downey. Yeah, yeah Downey's not too far from me. I'm like next to yep. El Segundo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, must be nice. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, we're cold. It's snowing. <laughs> you know, well, I, it's not doing anything out here. Uh, actually, it's going to, uh, the storm's going to probably just skirt us and go south, so. We're actually, um, well, other than being cold, we're okay out here in Connecticut for now. But um, but it's interesting that we talk weather because, um, you know, that's one of the biggest topics this week is the weather and how the weather is going to impact the Super Bowl. And, you know, as we are five days out from the big game, it is appearing that um, weather, um, it, it may be a little cold, but it appears that weather will not be a huge factor for the big game. Uh, they're not expecting any major precipitation at this at this point in time. And uh, they do have contingency plans in place in case a big storm came through, moving the game at different parts of the weekend. But I'm going to go to Brother Jay first on this one, being that, uh, like myself, he is from New England and uh, very, very familiar with the weather up here in uh, New Jersey only being down the road. Jay, when you when you, you know, what are your thoughts on an outdoor New York Super Bowl versus every other Super Bowl being played indoors or or you know warm weather? What are your thoughts on that? 
Personally, I'm all right with it. Uh, you think about regular season, uh, you're not always going to play in fantastic weather. Uh, you get to the playoffs, you're not always going to play in fantastic weather. So when you get to the Super Bowl, why should it be any different? I mean, this is this is a game that's supposed to be played outdoors, and you you have 18 weeks worth of, of, of time to get to this point, and I don't see why it always has to be played in, in warm balmy weather. I think having it out in the elements in New York, New Jersey area, I think is great. I'm really interested to see how it's going to affect both teams. All right. Train, do you agree or disagree? I don't particularly disagree. Uh, you know, you do. You would like to see a nice clean game, but it is football, so you do have the elements. And to be honest, the last the last Super Bowl that the Bears was in, it was played in Miami, but it rained. Part of the game. So it wasn't necessarily, you know, the cleanest of games. So um, it, it's football, man. It's supposed to be played in the elements. I mean, if it's a little cold, they deal with it. And like your brother said, it should, you know, it shouldn't be any different than any other game in the season. Well, you know, I, I'm going to take the other side of this one because I, I get it, but I don't like it because my biggest fear is, is whether going to, you know, we we have right now, I think there's not really a big argument that we came down to the two best teams in the NFL. And I'd like to see these guys go head up, neutral territory. This is one of the reasons why they move it around, neutral territory. And I want to see who the better team is. This is the, the storyline is Peyton Manning against Richard Sherman, right? Broncos offense against Seattle's defense. Number one offense against the number one defense. That's the, that's the storyline. Um, I believe that the Seahawks blew them out in preseason, but didn't, doesn't, you know, that doesn't really mean anything. But, um, you know, I, I'd like to see who's the better team. And, you know, if we were to get a snowstorm, if we were to get um, even, I mean, rain, you know, Rain can happen anywhere, but, you know, any type of really serious inclement weather that affects the outcome of the game, I myself would not be pleased with it because you're going to go into the offseason wondering, what if? What happens if? And, and I don't know that football was I mean, the comment that football is supposed to be played in bad weather. No, football is played regardless of the weather. <laughs> but, I, you know, the season starts at the beginning of September which is still summertime, you know, and it ends in, you know, just into winter at the end of December. We're just two weeks in the winter. So I, I, I'm not necessarily fully agreeing, even though they play in all weathers, it doesn't mean that it's supposed to be played in bad weather. They just, they don't, unlike uh, baseball where they, where games get rained out, um, they're still going to play the game. Unlike basketball, that's played indoors. But if you've noticed over the years, new stadiums being built, they're being built with roofs on them. You know, either retractable or don't. And the weather element, you know, the team owners is try, are trying to take that away. And, and let, me, let me just take it even further than just the weather impacting the game. Now you've got, you know, 60,000 fans sitting outside freezing watching a football game, which, fine, if that's what they choose to do. But, you know, I, that's not something I'm going to ever do. You know, it was, you know, I had uh, a friend of mine ask me if I wanted to go. You know, I said, hey, tickets are $2,500 a piece. Want to go? I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, I, I can get us two tickets. Yeah, no, I ain't going. I'll be sitting in my living room, warm, 
with my big screen TV watching the game. Like, I, I personally, as much as I love football, I have a desire to sit outside and freeze and watch the game. You've got people that football is supposed to bring mad money into, into an area, millions of dollars. And how is the weather and the coldness, and if a storm comes through, how would it impact all the people that could make a, a good living this week selling merchandise and, and, and parties and events and stuff? You know, so personally, I get it because they do want to spread it around, and I'm pretty sure that when um, they built the new stadium in, in New Jersey, this is like, okay, we're going to reward you with a Super Bowl, so I get it. But personally, if it's never played up here again, I won't, I won't be sad about it. I really think that that's, it is the one game out of the year that you want to take weather out of it. Just, just, just let's let two teams go head up with no weather issues, and let's see what a better team is. That's well, I'm going to tell you this, T. If it was ever in Chicago, I would never know. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that. You know, I mean, you, you, you know Chicago, you, Pittsburgh, Philly, Foxborough, Buffalo, you know? I mean, these are, these are, these are places, Green Bay, you know? These are places that... You know, you, you don't see Super Bowls at now because of the weather, you know. And, and so what happens, you know, now if they build an out, a stadium that's all weather, you know, with a roof on it, we might get a Super Bowl there one day. Um, but the main reason is the weather. So now are we saying now that the Super Bowl might go to these cities? So we're really going to have a Super Bowl played in Buffalo? I don't know. I mean, I just, I just think, you know, for something that's supposed to be such revenue-driven, I think it's going to hurt revenue and not help revenue, but. Hey, what do, what do I know? And, and and this is coming from a guy who used to live, and my, my brother will tell you, I live um, 15, 20 minutes from the stadium. I used to drive by that stadium all the time. The old stadium, but they're right next door to each other. I used to drive by it all the time. I, I know that area pretty well. I lived down there for a year. I know that area pretty well. So I, I, I don't have a problem with it, except for a Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> just for a Super Bowl. But, hey, it is what it is. Is going to be is going to be very interesting. Um, before we continue talking about the Super Bowl, I want to talk about the Pro Bowl because the Pro Bowl was Sunday night. It was a brand new format for those of you who maybe you know living in a cave. And I mean, if you're a football fan and you don't know what went on in the Pro Bowl, then I'm sorry, but um, it was it was a completely new format, and uh, it just really shows the impact of fantasy football has had and how much fans can impact the NFL because fans were the ones that have made fantasy football so popular and they went and stole the fantasy football kind of concept with the draft with Dion and, and, and Jerry Rice, uh, Dion Sanders and Jerry Rice, and in a cross-conference game. And it was an effort and I understand some of this was taken from uh, uh, the NHL, it was an effort to save a game that had really become very pathetic with really guys being more concerned about getting injured and, and prevent injury than putting on a good competitive game for the fans. And, um, Train, I saw you put some, some stuff on Facebook about the Pro Bowl, so let me go to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on, um, well, let, you know, what were your thoughts on the whole draft concept and then what were your thoughts on the actual final product that was played in Hawaii? 
as far as the draft, I really only have one word to describe it, and it's just, you know, entertaining for the, for the least bit. Um, just to see the players gripe about not being picked first or not being picked soon or being picked last. Uh, but, you know, as far as the gameplay, it was definitely better than it was last year. Uh, my only issue is the same issue that, that would have kept being brought up is players on the same – players that for the same team during the regular season going up against each other. Because you saw the hit Derrick Johnson laid on 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 uh, Jamal Charleston. You saw the hit that uh, I think it was T.J. Ward laid on um, uh, Josh Gordon. I mean, both of those <laughs> they were pretty pretty big hits. So that's about the only thing that I would say. I I, I you know I kind of like oh I hope he don't get injured. You know, especially from his own teammate. But other than that, I like the way the players played. They played hard. Defense played hard. They actually went after the quarterback. Okay. JV, same question. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it was definitely a step up in terms of the uh, the actual draft. I mean, it, like like uh, Train said, it was entertaining. Uh, that's fine. That's all well and good. But everybody wants to see what's going to happen on the field. Are we going to have lackadaisical play like we had the last couple of years, or are they really going to get after each other? And this was the game that I was really hoping to see, and it, it came to fruition. Um, 22-21 go for two to win the game. It was competitive throughout. They were really stepping it up, and I, I think they saved the, the pro ball with this one. So hopefully they'll do it again. I was impressed. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you guys. Um, the game was very good. Um, I am concerned. I think that, you know, we saw a few hits teammates put on each other, and I, I think the first time that happens and someone's out for the game or it impacts, you know, their upcoming season, um, I, I think this 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 could get relooked at. Um, you know, the first time Drew Brees is sacked by Cameron Jordan and sprains an ankle or tears an ACL, um, you know, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. I I do think that the potential there for that to be an issue is very large, very large. Um, but it was the first game, and um, you know, I think competitive wise, it was much better than we've seen the last few years. On so as far as that goes. Um, we saw a competitive game where guys played. And it was nice to see, you know, Andrew Luck throw to Deshaun Jackson. You know, it, it was nice to see that. Um, you know, um, you, get, you, you know, you get to see, you know, for me seeing on one team, you know, Des Bryant and, and Jason Witten on the other team was DeMarco Murray. So there's always a cowboy out there, you know, and that kind of stuff. It, 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 that was kind of cool. That was kind of interesting. But I am concerned about yeah. that. The, the draft part of it, though, you know, and I'm a huge Deion Sanders fan. I mean, Deion Sanders is one of my all-time favorite players. Um, I've also respect Jerry Rice as, as the greatest of all time. Um, my problem with the draft was, one, it was long. Um, uh, too, you know, too much commentating. Yeah, way too much talk. And it really, it really got down to just too much focus on two guys that – I mean, I, I wasn't sure why they focused so much on Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders. I, I get it, but these guys aren't relevant today. They really aren't. You know, they're commentators, they're analysts, and good, and good for them. And, and they are the greatest at their respective positions, okay? I, I don't think there's much arguing that Deion Sanders is the greatest quarterback, cornerback to play the game. I don't think too many people argue that. And, and, and if, you, if you argue that, you can't argue, in my opinion. I mean, I think K-Star might have 
argue this one one week, um, but I don't think there's any merit to it. Jerry Rice, greatest wide receiver of all time, arguably the greatest football player of all time. The numbers this guy did is just insane. I get it, but I don't. I, I don't know. It just it didn't feel right to me. You know, it didn't feel comfortable to me. It just seemed to be the focus was too much on them as opposed to the players in the game. And it was a lot of, mm-hmm. lot of talk and, you know, Dion with his gray beard and really Dion, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think they should relook at the draft process and come up. You know, I would have been happier. You went and got, you know, um, go get Bill Parcells and Herm Edwards, you know, and have them mm-hmm. two. you know what I mean? I would have been happier mm-hmm. with that, you know, or, or something along those lines to me two guys that actually coached or general managed in the in the NFL and now these are the guys that are picking the teams you know and, and two you know you know maybe I don't know I, I just threw those names out there but I think for me that's more entertaining and more appealing and, and there's more depth to to that than Dion and Jerry Rice I mean they played the game that's what they did I noticed that's it I noticed that I mean they did want to create this trash talk you know, atmosphere, what they were doing between those two. But I did, so I would say as far as it being too long, I, I didn't understand the whole need to take up the whole two minutes just to make fit. Yeah, I didn't that understand was, that either yeah. because, yeah, because if you're, if you're emulating a NFL draft or a fantasy draft, you, you don't do that. You don't, you don't have to take the whole two minutes. Um, so I didn't understand that either. And, you know, Dion certainly has a history of talking trash where Jerry Rice was always considered, you know, that, that sportsman, Jerry Rice was not one that, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I know they were competitive against each other, but, you know, I I think if you wanted two guys that are hall of famers that, that have history of talking trash, I think there's others out there that you could have found, you know, I don't know. I, I think, and like I said, I'm big fans of both of them, but, I don't know. I think they have to rethink that if that's how they want to do it. And I completely agree with you, Train. Don't don't tie up two minutes. You know, let's let's go. Yeah. And and really, the other thing is, really, do we need to see highlights of Drew Brees throwing touchdown passes? I mean, at this point <laughs> in the year, we we all know who Drew Brees is. Anybody watching the draft knows who Drew Brees is. You don't you don't you know you're not catering to the couch average fan. You're catering to we're diehard fans that are watching Pro Bowls. You know, you got to remember, Pro Bowl was on, so was the Grand, so was the Royal Rumble. Okay, those were the three things trending on Twitter that night. Those three things. Okay? So anyone watching the Pro Bowl, to me, was, because that's what I watched, was diehard love football. Okay, we don't need to be re-educated on the game. We don't need to be re-educated on who all the players are. We know them, especially these guys. These are the guys that made all the plays all year. So I really think they want to tweak that. And I'm not trying to be overly critical because I knew I do know it was the first year. But I do know that, that thing, that, that dog on draft was long. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, um, and I just saw, I guess I, I, guess I missed it. K-Star will not be joining us tonight due to work obligations. So um, we do have a Super Bowl pick, and we will share that Super Bowl pick with you um, at the end of the show um, when we make our picks. Um, all right, so just quickly around the league, and I don't know if, if, if you guys had anything to add, but um, I quickly saw that the, the Cleveland Browns 
um, did hire a coach, and I'll be, I'll be, um, I have to admit, I don't know this guy. Um, I have tapped that it's the job nobody wanted. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it, it's it's such the job that nobody wants that I'm sitting here drawing a blank on on who they hired. Um, um, Pettins, we, we did the guy. I think the def, is the defense coordinator for Buffalo. Yeah, Pettin. Yeah, E T T I N E something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defense coordinator yeah. from Buffalo. Yeah, I, I never heard of him either. As a matter of fact, from what I did hear, he was pretty close to removing himself from the uh, from the rankings. So that that's really strange. Just shows you how bad the, uh, firing, the Browns are. Them firing that firing to to uh, to well, however you pronounce his name, firing a guy for one year. Uh, I think that really made them look pretty bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, uh, Mike Pettin. Fiery reputation. Um, they bring him into yes. Cleveland, and um, and I agree with you, Train. I think that 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 you know this guy goes in there for less than a year, 352 days to be exact, and gets fired. Made this job less than desirable. Um, doesn't mean that yeah. this guy isn't going to do a good job, but he's in a tough division. Um, mm-hmm. and I think pretty much the Browns are going to stay irrelevant. But you know, now all the NFL. Coaching positions are, um, are are filled, and if your team um, has not fired its coach by now, if your team has not fired its coordinators by now, um, then then they're not getting fired because the Senior Bowl already took place, and generally you want your coordinators in place before the Senior Bowl. So um, it, it is highly unlikely at this point if you were a fan and wanted to see a change in your team, it's highly unlikely that there's going to be a change in head coach, offensive, or defensive coordinator. doesn't mean a position coach couldn't still change, but those three positions, you might as well just just pretty much now you know who's going to be running your team uh, from GM down to coordinators for the next year. So whether you like it or don't like it, um, you, you got it. Stuck with it. Um, <laughs> it the, the Cowboys have not formally announced it, but it's being reported that Scott Linehan who was the um, offensive coordinator for Denver, is coming to Dallas to be the passing game coordinator and to call the plays. That's what's being reported. You, you got to explain that one to me, man. I don't, I don't really get it. You have a head coach, you got an OC, and now to me it just sounds like, sounds like too many people in the pot. Um. I, you know, I've been trying to wrap my brain around this decision. Um, I, I can understand keeping Callahan because the offensive line was the strength of the Cowboys this year, and so you really don't want to lose Callahan. Um, I, I, I finally accepted the fact that Monty Kiffin isn't going anywhere, uh, partly because he only had a year and partly because there were a lot of injuries, and Jerry Jones felt like, look, with all the injuries and only one year, we were still only one game away from going to the playoffs. So, right, do I remove this guy or do I try to build some level of continuity here? Um, and, and, and I get it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get it. Okay, so even though I really thought Kiffin was gone, I even reported in a mad voice that my sources told me he was gone. I was wrong. My sources were wrong. He still got a job. Fine. I get it. I get why. Um this one is puzzling 
on many levels to me. The first level is um, this team had the fourth worst defense in the history of the NFL. And your major move is on offense, where this offense <laughs> under Garrett and even some under Callahan, but mostly under Jason Garrett, has done nothing but set franchise records for the last several years. When he was the offensive coordinator and then him as a head coach and him calling plays, and all they've done is just set franchise records um, for the last several years. The offense has really never been the problem. You, you've, you've refuted the public pressure that Tony Romo was a choke artist by giving him a brand-new contract for over $100 million. So you're saying Romo is the guy, and, 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 and you've increased Romo's role. So Romo is not the issue, and I kind of agree with that. I'm okay with that. So why are you bringing in a, another guy to call plays, a passing game coordinator, so to speak? Um, I get that uh, Detroit had a fiery, you know, a real potent offense, but look at the weapons they had. I mean, I mean, I could have called plays for that team and, and, and did pretty well. So I, I, I just I, – I don't see it. I don't get it unless this is the beginning of some other moves. I, I don't get it. I don't think I, – I really think your efforts need to be on defense and conditioning because these guys had 11 hamstring injuries, and you don't have 11 hamstring injuries, okay? I mean, there's just so many other things I think you should be focusing on. I don't get it. Jay, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I left anything for you to say, but you follow the Cowboys. Do you get this higher? No, and actually I was going to ask you the same thing, and I was going to state the same exact reasons. We've had numerous discussions about the defense. Never was the offensive problem. I get the feeling that they feel like they need to do something. It's like the big elephant in the room that they're avoiding. Offense was never the problem. It was always the defense. So I'm just as mind-boggled as the next person about this hire. Yeah. I mean, unless, you know, the only thing I can think of is that Jerry Jones is sitting here saying – you know, the defense is going to be what it's going to be. I need to make sure that this offense is going to go out there and be Peyton Manning-like. I need to make sure this offense is going to go out there and score 30, 40 points a game. And if the defense, you know, if, if I, over the last three years we've had bad defenses, two years under Rob Ryan, one year under Monty Kiffin, okay, I can't rely that this defense is going to now all of a sudden shape up and be a top ten defense. So I do know what I have on offense. I do know the weapons I have on offense. And this is a top five offense in the NFL. So you know what? I'm going to make sure that we fine-tune this offense. No matter what the defense goes, if the team comes out and scores 30, we're going to be able to score 35. If the team scores 40, we're going to be able to score 45. And if this guy who's used to putting up big numbers over in Detroit can come in and help us, then I'm going to bring him in. That's, and I'm reaching with that. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. I wish I had more. Um, I guess I'm trying to understand, really understand. Okay, there's the head coach. All right, who is truly the offensive coordinator? I mean, you, you got two guys that collect. So, okay, so Callahan draws up the game plan and uh, and Lenahan calls, calls the game plan during the game. It's well, now, see, 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 now I don't know what's going to happen. I can only tell you that Callahan um, was the offensive coordinator last year. Callahan called the plays all year, okay? That's a big miss. It was a change, but it was never a change. The only change was that um, 
instead of Wade Wilson um, calling in the plays from Callahan, because Callahan's up in the booth, okay? So mm-hmm. he's doing the plays down to Wade Wilson, who's the quarterback coach. Wade Wilson's calling him into Tony Romo. At two-thirds of the way through the season, Jason Garrett took that position and said, you know what, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to radio him into Tony. Now, did that mean that Jason Garrett changed plays and veto? We don't know. I would say potentially sure, being that it's his offense and he's the offensive coordinator. Because the other part that people, don't, people may not know is, even though Callahan was offensive coordinator, it's still Jason Garrett's offense. It's still Jason Garrett's scheme. So he still was relaying plays and, in my opinion, probably making changes as he saw fit to the things that Callahan was, was um, calling in. So with that said, what's going to happen with Lenahan? Well, Lenahan's not going to be the guy on the sideline, and he's going to be calling plays. That's all I can tell you at this point. I mean, in a nutshell, it sounds like they hired a strategist. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, someone who sees the game and says, okay, we need to take this route to make sure we score or something like that. That's, that's about as much as I can reach for it. Yeah, I just, I just would love to know ultimately what the derivation of duties is going to be between these three guys and who, who's, the, who's the final, you know, who, who, you know, this should still be Garrett's team. It should be Garrett's call. And we're adding another piece to this process that, I don't know, I'm not sure is needed. But, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Garrett does need to be freed up to manage the game, and I did see better game management from him this year. So I'm okay with pieces that allow him to focus on the entire game so he can do things like challenge plays and that kind of stuff that he had problems doing before because he's managing calling plays and watching the play clock and all of that. So I'm okay with that, but I don't know. It will be, be interesting to see between Linehan and Callahan um, how this is how this is split up, but you know what? It's it's January and you got you know you got nine months to figure it out. So the, the last kind of bit of news that um, kind of fell under the radar a little bit, but with the Super Bowl being around, but um, Josh Brent, former Dallas Cowboy, um, was um, had uh, intoxicated was convicted of intoxicated manslaughter. Uh, this was about a little over a year ago, car accident, him and his teammate Jerry Brown, they were out partying, got in a car, and uh, Jerry Brown died in a car accident, and um, Josh Brent has uh, retired, in quotes, from the NFL. Uh, he got a 10-year suspended sentence, and he has to serve 180 days. So, um, technically, he could be in uniform next season. And uh, the Cowboys do still have his rights. So it'll be interesting to see if Dallas has any interest in keeping him in, on the squad or if they let him go. Um, but I, I will just make one small comment. Um, I'm, I'm pleased with the outcome because this is a situation where someone made a mistake. And the family forgave him and accepted the loss. And to me, that's the ultimate trier of fact in a situation like this, not the court, the family. If the family says, we know it was an accident, we know these guys were good friends, and we know that, you know, hey, it could have went the other way. It could have been Jerry driving and, and Josh died. This wasn't, this, this, this wasn't negligence like the law says because they were both negligent. 
and we're going to forgive him, and we still love him. They spoke at the trial. They spoke at the sentencing. And to me, that's bigger. To me, that's, that's, they're the ultimate ones. To me, you ask them, well, what do you think? It's your family that died. And I think the court took that into consideration. And, you know, six months, he served six months in jail, which I think that's fair. That's reasonable under these circumstances. And he still gets out as a, as a young man. He wants to continue to play football. He can get back in shape and hopefully make a team or rejoin Dallas or go play somewhere else um, or whatever he wants to do. But his whole life isn't ruined because there was really no reason to ruin his life as well. So I personally am pleased by it. Um, I didn't see a lot on, on TV. I was a little surprised, but um, I'm pleased with the outcome. And, uh, and that's all I have to say about that. So um, back to the game, though. Back to the game. Uh, Dr. Train, we've had a week since our last show, and the guy who has been getting most of the press, even over Peyton Manning, is Richard Sherman. And he's been doing interviews, and he's been, you know, uh, we've seen a couple of new commercials, and, um, you know, he, he's been front and center. And he has, to his credit, he has not shied away from the media, and he has answered every question. And, uh, you know, a week later, what are your thoughts on Richard Sherman, um, the, 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 the TV star? <laughs> what are your thoughts? I honestly have no problem with it, man. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm glad the guy is embracing him. I'm glad, you know, he's in the limelight. He made it. He's played. Uh, <laughs> really, you know, I have no, no issue with anything he's done with this session. Of, like I said, last, you know, calling another player, you know, putting emphasis on calling another player mediocre, just disrespect, you know, the other, you know, your opponent. They, 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 they work hard. They play too. But other than that, the dude is, you know, to me, he's getting what he deserves. Hey, you, you, you work as hard as he, he does. You play as well as he does. This, this is what you get. And if you, of course, you, you put it out there vocally, like he did at the end of that game, this is also what you get. Okay. Um, Jay, any, any new thoughts? Um, I don't have a problem with it either. The one thing I can say, and you know I'm a big proponent of his consistency. I mean, he was a big-time talker during the season, spotlights on, he's still talking. So uh, I don't have a problem with that. I think from a teammate's perspective, and I think it's probably been noted already, but you know, he takes a little bit of pressure off of his teammates and, and allows them to really focus on the task at hand and, and not have to worry about, oh, i got to step up to the mic, i got to say this, i got to say that. So I mean, he's, he's serving a dual role, and like I said, overall, I don't have a problem with it. Test is going to be what happens on Sunday, though. So all this mm-hmm. talking is great, but what's going to happen on Sunday? Mm-hmm. I, I have come full circle. Um, it is rare in my life at my age that I completely make a I, – I do a 180 decision on anybody. I consider myself a relatively um, good judge of character. I consider myself a relatively good judge of people. Um, just having gone through as much as I've gone through in my life, generally, generally, my first instincts on a person are generally pretty accurate. Um, and it is not often that I have to come back and say, wow, I was completely wrong. Um, my first instincts on Richard Sherman were not good. Knowing what I knew about him, I just didn't like him. Um, I just thought that he was too young, 
to talk so much. And that particularly in a situation where you have a Pro Bowl secondary, and so, you know, you're not you're, – you're playing on arguably one of the better secondary – well, probably the best secondary in the NFL today and probably one of the best, you know, put together on a team. And I just always thought you're talking way too much for a guy who may not even be the best cornerback on your team. May not even be. But that said – I didn't. I didn't pay a lot of attention to him. He's out in Seattle, small market, NFL wise. Um, you know, he was just a guy that ran his mouth and played pretty well. I always thought Daryl Revis was the best quarterback in the, cornerback in the NFL anyway. So, you know, um, we had a year where Revis was coming off a knee injury, went to a new team, um, did make the Pro Bowl, and I think even he was. I think he commented that he was a little surprised that he made the, the Pro Bowl, but he did make the Pro Bowl but didn't play, I mean, played pretty well in the Pro Bowl, but didn't play this year probably to the shutdown level that he's played in previous years. It allowed Richard Sherman to come out on the scene with the number one defense, with, you know, the notoriety of, of, of what they did in, in Seattle, um, going 7-1 and one in Seattle, and then some of the, the games and plays that he made. Um, but where I, where I came around – and realized I had misjudged him, was he did what you expect anybody with any reasonable intelligence to do, except the fact that he made a mistake. This man came out the next day, um, and not only – I didn't take the letter that he put on Sports Illustrated too serious, but I heard him specifically say that he was wrong for calling Crabtree mediocre. He was wrong for downing another player who's in the NFL – and he was wrong for taking the spotlight away from his team at, at a critical moment. And when they showed on FX the fact that he did go to congratulate, now I guess these guys have history, but he did actually go to congratulate Crabtree. I don't know if it was sincere or, or um, sarcastic, but it was a congratulations. And before he went off, which was my most critical, was the interview with Aaron Andrews. And I, I did comment last week that you got to know your, where you're at, your surroundings and situation. I didn't know that just before they went live, he hugged her. I had no idea. Um, so I have completely did about face for Richard Sherman. I have no problem. Um, I do agree with Train, and I do agree with Jay. Um, I agree with Train where, you know, and he, he agrees with you too, Train. You know, there's no reason to down another player like that. Talk about how good you are. Talk about being the best. Talk about your skills. There's no problem. When you start calling, you know, this guy, he's sorry, he's mediocre, there's no reason for that. Well, he apologized for that. That's, that's a man right there when you can do that. You realize you made a mistake and you accept your mistake. I, I can respect that. I can, I, can, I can get by that. And Jay's right. You know, now you're now you, you spotlight. Now you're the guy. You get more interviews than Russell Wilson now. You get more interviews than, than Beast Mode. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you're it now. You're the face of that team for the Super Bowl. Camera's going to be following you everywhere. Now you now you got to show and prove against you know one of the greatest ever and, and so now let's see what you got and, and and this could be your moment to really step in the spotlight for good or to be known as the guy who talked and didn't and didn't and didn't produce because the guy that you want to eventually replace has three Super Bowl rings you know greatest of all time he's got three Super Bowl rings and he made plays in those games. So let's see what Richard Sherman. 
Let's see what Richard Sherman does on Sunday against Peyton Manning. Um, let's see. I'm going to go to Jay on this one. Jay, let's, 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 talk, let's talk Broncos. In order for the Broncos to win, what do you think needs to happen? They got to control the line of scrimmage and keep Peyton Manning's jersey clean. Got to give them time. That's the only shot they got. That's why I kind of alluded to last week uh, when we were talking about uh, the battle between Peyton and the DBs. And I said, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of the subset of the battle. The ultimate battle is going to be in the trenches. If the Broncos can keep him clean, give him time, you know, if he's back there with four or five seconds, I'm sorry, but there's no defense out there that's going to be able to cover for that amount of time. And if they can allow him to pick him apart and, and control the line of scrimmage, Broncos have, have a legitimate chance of taking it. Okay. Dr. Train, let's talk Seattle. What does Seattle have to do to win this game? Pretty much the same thing <clears throat> Jay just alluded to. They need to control the line of scrimmage. They have to get the Peyton Manning. They have to keep them off the field. And also in order to keep them off the field, uh, their running attack needs to be on point. they got to control the clock. So that means feeding uh, Marshawn Lynch as much as possible uh, so that you control the clock and keep the game close. Seattle is at their best close all the way to the final seconds because their defense uh, will <laughs> it will make a play. Train, what do you think the, 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 the big matchup of this game is going to be? If you had to pick one matchup and said, I think this matchup here is really going to be critical in this game. doesn't necessarily mean you know who's going to win the matchup, but this matchup to me is really critical in this game. Do you have a matchup that you, that you want to watch? Man. The most exciting matchup, you know, which is all probably already been third, is Richard Sherman and Demarius Thomas. But I don't think that's the most critical. It might be the most exciting to watch, but it's not the most critical. If you talk about the most critical matchup would be uh sorry, would be Denver's offensive line against um Seattle's defensive line. That to me will be the most critical matchup because it's the strength of it's the strength of both teams. Uh Denver's uh, strength is their offense. Seattle's strength is their defense and their D-line and, their, and the ability of their D-line to get get after you with just four people without blitz. JB, same question. Um, yeah, I agree with that also, um, but I'm also going to go with, with a second one. I'm going to go with the the Broncos middle linebackers against the uh, beast mode. I'm curious to see what's going to happen when, when uh, Marshawn Lynch is able to find the hole and it gets clogged up. I mean, that's Strength on strength. Is he going to win? Is he going to get knocked back? Uh, that would be my next best thing that I'd like to see. And you guys are good because you took both mine. Those, 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 those were it. Um, definitely. That's why we do the show, baby. That, that's, what, that's, so it. That's, 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 how, that's how we roll. Um, definitely yeah. the Broncos' offensive line has to protect Peyton Manning. And, and, and don't be surprised if you don't see Seattle – um, coming with some blitzes. I agree that their strength has been getting pressure with their front four. 
but we're talking Peyton Manning, who has studied them and knows where the rushes are going to come from, and so Seattle now has to change it up. They can't do what they've always done and expect it to work against Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning's strength is I watched all, you know, 18 games you played this year, and I know your trends, I know your behaviors, I know your patterns. So if you come with that, good luck because you're not going to beat me. (laughs) You've got to come with something new that I haven't seen. And so that's, that's what I'm waiting for. I don't think their front four is going to get at Peyton because he's going to have, uh, 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 or, or they, I, we keep saying Peyton like, like he's a head coach, but he kind of is. Um, they're going to have a scheme in place so that if the pressure gets there, Peyton's getting that ball quick. You know, he's got Welker. He's got Decker. You know, he's got Thomas, you know, both Thomases. But I'm talking about quick, short passes. So what is Seattle going to do then? So that's going to be huge to me. And then flipping it around, I'm going to add one layer to what Jay said. I agree with him completely. Linebackers on beast mode. Also containing Russell Wilson. You know, what's going to happen if Russell Wilson can get out of that pocket and, and you know, gets, gets, gets those legs going? And that's another thing where the linebackers are going to come in handy. So Denver's linebackers are going to play huge in this game because I think if, if you ask what Russell Wilson to win this game, with his arm, I don't think he's going to be able to do it. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking by it. If he's got to come down and orchestrate a drive down by a touchdown with a minute to go on one timeout, I think they're done. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. If they're up by three points and there's three minutes to go and he's got to milk the clock, I think they have a much better chance of winning because they got, they got uh, Marshawn Lynch. And, and, and I think that's the strength of their game. They're not going to throw up 30, 40 points on you necessarily. Um, but if, 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 if they are controlling the clock and running the ball and Wilson can get out and scramble every once in a while, he's not going to Kaepernick you, but he's gonna, he will get out there and you know, use those legs. I think it's going to keep Denver off the field, and it could be a long day. Um, but flipping it around, to me the bigger issue is really going to be what is that front four, that front seven going to do, Peyton Manning? You know, um, everyone wants to see the matchup with the Pro Bowl secondary and the Thomas Boys, Welker, Decker, you know, Noshar Moreno. Everybody wants to see that. That's easy. You know, we know that that's coming. But that pressure is really going to be something. It's really interesting that this game could be decided by, decided by which linebackers play better. You know, it's almost like a forgotten area of the game. But if the Seattle linebackers can do some strategic blitzing to get to Peyton Manning, it could throw Peyton off his game all day. And if Denver's linebackers can stop Lynch, uh, Wilson in the pocket, keep them from scrambling, getting big runs, it could give Seattle a long day. So really could come down to linebacker core versus linebacker core. Um, but I guess, I guess we'll see. Um, all right. Well, it is 10 minutes to 9, and we could talk Pro Bowl all night. I'm sorry, we could talk Super Bowl all night, um, but we're not going to. The game's five days away. And, you know, something tells me that there might be a special edition Madden voice coming back at you before the Super Bowl. I, I, I'm not saying it's definite, but something tells me that there might be a special edition Madden voice coming back um, before the Super Bowl. 
In the meantime, I think it's time for us to now make our picks. And uh, I'm going to start for K-Star. And K-Star is the exact words, and I'm going to read them because um, they're pretty short and simple. But, um, oh, wait a minute. I, I, oh, here they are. Um, it just says, I like Denver to win the Super Bowl. That's it. So K-Star goes for Denver. <laughs> Uh, no real explanation there, but he has been kind of a, you know, a Denver proponent throughout the year. So K Star picks Denver to win the Super Bowl. Um, let's go to JB. JB, who wins the Super Bowl, and why? Ooh, man, tough one. Um, I'm gonna go with Seattle, and I'm going to do it only because of a stat that I heard. Uh, it's probably on either yesterday or Sunday. I think the stat is of the last four Super Bowls where the quarterback had the one quarterback had experience in the Super Bowl, the other did not. The quarterback that did not have any experience ended up winning. Uh, and that's the only reason why, because it's such a, a toss-up and it's such a there's so many subplots because the weather may be a factor. Again, in talking about beast mode against the linebacker, that could be a factor. The battle in the trenches, that could be a factor. I mean, there's so many different things that can uh, play part in the outcome of this game. So that one stat seemed to really ring a bell, so I'm going to go with that stat and pick Seattle by two. Seattle by two. Okay. All right. Um, Dr. Train. We've got one Seattle and one Denver. Well, I'm gonna stick with uh, I'm gonna stick with Peyton Manning completing his legacy with a bang and uh, winning his Super Bowl and getting a win for Denver. Um, so I think this this situation is, uh, is very important to him. Uh, Seattle, they're a young, fiery team, um, but on the, they haven't faced a veteran, you know, like Peyton Manning. Uh, I don't see the weather being an issue that both football teams they know how to play in the cold. Um, and I think that offense will be a lot to handle. And I think Denver's defense will step up surprisingly uh, and show that they can put some hits on, on, on Marshawn Lynch and get to Russell Wilson. All right. So we have two Denver's, Seattle. And now Commissioner T, the omniscient one, it's to make his pick. Um, you know, and I agree with you guys as far as uh, going to be, you know, this is a good game, evenly matched game. Uh, Jay, that's a, that's a great stat. I wasn't aware of it. Um, very intriguing stat. You've, you've got John Fox, who's been to a Super Bowl before but lost. Um, you know, uh, Peyton Manning, of course, has been the two, uh, won one and lost one. Um, you know, I, I believe, if, if I heard this correctly, Peyton is the only one on the field who will have won a Super Bowl. Um, so you really don't have a lot of Super Bowl experience in this game. And, um, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, when the Patriots played the Giants, and, and this, is the, this is, the, this is the, the game that keeps Rick echoing in my head, first time the Patriots 18-0 going up against the Giants and their uh, top-ranked defense. And Eli Manning, who's a good quarterback, but he's not Peyton Manning. And we saw the Giants win 17 to 14. 
And four years later, there's a rematch. And I was on this show, and I said, there's no way, absolutely no way that Peyton Manning is going to lose. I'm sorry, Eli, I mean, I'm sorry, Tom Brady. There's no way that Tom Brady is going to lose twice to Eli Manning. There's no way that Bill Belichick is going to lose twice to Tom Coughlin. There's no possible way that it's going to happen. And we saw them win 21-17, to 17, the Giants. And we saw a good defense shut down a powerful offense again. And that's been bothering me for the last week and a half, that in many situations, a good defense is going to beat a good offense. We've seen it time and time again. And the phrase is defense wins championships. Offense scores points, but defense wins championships. Everything in me is saying with all of that, you got to go for Seattle. you got to go for the shutdown corner and Richard Sherman and the way that defense played against teams that you thought would play better, like, like the Saints and, and such. you, you got to go for the Seattle Seahawks. But I'm not. I'm going for Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I just can't vote. I can't. I have to go with one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I have to go with Peyton Manning's ability to come out in the second half against anybody is as is, is good as I've ever seen, bar maybe Joe Montana. What he's able to do at halftime, along with, you know, I say Peyton because he's one on the field, but what he leads with adjustments, because he's been playing now for so long, he's seen everything. I just, I, I can't. And I said this two times with Tom Brady, and I ate my words. I ate my words. I may be eating them again in six days, but I just can't see the younger lion in this case outfoxing the old tiger. I just can't see it. He's been around too long. He's seen too much. He's playing at an insane level, 55 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, so many weapons on that offense. As good as that defense is, and they're they're all they are advertised to be. They really are. I just can't. I mean, Richard Sherman's one player. You know, you know how how are they going to stop all of those weapons? I just I just can't see it happening. I can't see it happening. So um, I think I don't think two points like my brother. I'm actually going to go with. I'm actually going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a touchdown. They're going to win by a full touchdown. That's that's my prediction. I don't think it's going to be as close as the last few Super Bowls have been. Last few Super Bowls have been decided by a combined, uh, I believe, um, 18 points, and the most, the largest margin of victory was six points. Um, so, I. Um, or maybe it was 13 points. Yeah, I think it was 13. Largest margin was, was six. So I'm going with Denver. I'm going with Peyton Manning. I'm going with the old Wiley veteran to go ahead and really throw a monkey wrench into the whole discussion on who's better now, Peyton Manning, who's won two out of three Super Bowls, or Tom Brady, who's won three out of five. Who you know, and and to completely squash the whole thing that Eli is better because he's won two Super Bowls. We're gonna we're gonna kill that now because Peyton's gonna go ahead and get his second, and that's gonna be that's gonna now be squashed. So, Doctor Train, any final words before we get out of here? 
Uh, man, I know we, you know, this is definitely an NFL show, but I caught in the news where the guy, guy from Northwestern is trying to get a labor union for college football. And, man, I just, I just really don't like it. I like, I mean, what, I mean, I understand football programs, some programs do bring in a lot of money, but not all of them bring in that money. But there are other programs within the school. And I guess, you know, looking from a non-asset, a non-asset point of view, I mean, heck, our engineering program brought in money. Uh, but, you know, the students got their fair share to get to the school. It's, a, it's the college for, supposed to be for education, not for you to get paid. You want to get paid, go get a job. So, yeah. Well, that word. I, I don't have a problem to bring it up. Hey, man. I, I'm just going to say, we can always do per, per, uh, personal interest stories on the Madden Voice. I got no problem with that. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, and the last thing is, uh, if you want to throw a show in on Friday, I'm off work, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we, I might do something. Um, I, I, I might do something Friday. I was thinking about, uh, I want to kind of see what goes on in the news and with stuff between now and Friday. And uh, just kind of to monitor things, and you know, I, I think that um, there might be a reason to come back on the air and do a follow-up show two days before the Super Bowl on Friday. So I'll, I'll let you guys know. But um, great, JB. Any last words? Uh, Going to be a great game. I cannot wait. Um, just looking forward to it, and looking forward to more discussions about it. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, K-Star out there somewhere in uh, Indianapolis, don't work too hard. Um, oh, last question, last question. Uh, any big plans for the game? JB, any big plans? Uh, like I said two, three weeks ago, I'm too broke for big plans. It's going to be me and the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, train, any big plans? Uh, not, not too much. We're going to hang out with some with, uh, of my lady's uh, family. For the game. Nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. Because of those yeah. Well, I'll be home. <laughs> uh, it's just a matter of whether I'll be home alone or not, but um, I will be home watching the game. That, that's, that's really it. It's just a matter of whether, you know, there'll be any company over or whether I'll just be here by myself watching the game. But um, I'll, I'll definitely be home watching the game. So I'm not my, – my buddies wanted me to go out and let's go, you know, there's plenty of parties and – a lot of bars are having special stuff, and I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, if the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl, maybe, maybe I'd find the biggest Cowboy bar around because there are actually bars in Connecticut that feature the Dallas Cowboys, um, and maybe go and sit with some fans. But no, nah, I'll sit home and enjoy the game, and um, I am very much looking forward to this game. And I'm also sad because this is the last game of the year. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. That saddens me. It, it saddens me greatly that we are at the end of football. I'm not ready to turn my attention to basketball just yet. Um, I, I enjoy basketball, but um, it's it's a fairly long season, so, you know, I'm still keeping my eye on things, but I'm not ready. And um, I'm really not a huge baseball person at all, although I am a Red Sox fan, but I'm a very quiet Red Sox fan. Um, football is my sport, and uh, I, I'm very sad that we are at the last game of the season once again. Um that said, the Madden Voice in March will be celebrating its sixth anniversary. So just stay tuned. We would like to do something special for our sixth anniversary, six years on the air. Um, where has time gone? Six years of doing the Madden Voice. I would have never thunk it when I, when I first 
started doing the show covering video games that six years later I'd be here with Train, my brother, K-Star, talking NFL, talking Super Bowl, talking football. Um, but um, it's because we have so many loyal, dedicated fans that keeps us going, so happy about that. So, um, All right. Um, well, that said, we're going to get on out of here. I want everybody to enjoy this game, and uh, we will be back next Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 5 o'clock West Coast Time, to talk uh, – Super Bowl. What happened? Who won? Were we surprised? You know, was it was it everything it was hyped up to be? Was weather a factor or not? Um, you know, uh, our projected future of Peyton Manning. Big talk about whether Peyton wins. Does he ride off into the sunset? Does he keep playing? What do we think? Um, and of course, between now and and then, any any uh, updates on what's going around the NFL? So for Doctor Train, for JB. And for the uh, At Work K-Star, thank everybody for tuning in. Enjoy the football game. And remember, like on the Madden Voice, this Super Bowl, the feud will finally be settled on the field. Good night, everybody. Yeah, you know I hate when I do that. <laughs>